We gather here on a morning in spring to give thanks for the beauty of our earth, to celebrate living freely and honestly, to hold dear the hopes of our hearts and to rejoice in the transforming power of love. Here we choose to worship together Though the meaning we give to our gathering may differ, yet we value this shared endeavour, united by our support for one another in being greater than we might otherwise be. So good morning everybody and welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. I wonder how life is treating you at the moment. Did you bounce out of bed this morning? Or was it a struggle? Do you feel burdened by life's demands or capable of taking it all in your stride? Is your heart or your body aching or skipping? Are you yearning for something and you don't yet quite know what that might be? However you are this morning, whatever you bring here, wherever you've come from and whoever you know yourself to be. We are part of this gathered community. There is a place for you here and we can create this together as sacred time and sacred place, made holy by our presence here and by our care and our concern for one another and for our wider world. So I invite you to take a conscious breath now Let's still ourselves, ground ourselves, and take this opportunity to align ourselves with that which we hold to be divine. Most weeks when I light this chalice, I explain that it's a worldwide symbol of our Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist congregations, and that similar chalices will be lit today in places as far afield as India, the Philippines, Uganda, Canada, the United States, Transylvania, to mention just a few. Today, I light this flame in recognition of the bravery of those who have gone before us, who were prepared to face oppression and tyranny in order to win the right to worship freely and in accord with their own conscience. And because they were prepared to make a stand for the cause of freedom, we have a free church today. And I light this chalice in gratitude. Nice to have Tyler back with us. Hello, Tyler. It's, I was going to ask you to help me, and I didn't get a chance to say, but would you like to, to come and help me now? Because... Right, here we go. I'll tell you your bit in a moment. Our service today is celebrating the freedom of our Unitarian faith. And as I've already said, with freedom comes responsibility. We have to find ways of living well in this busy world of ours, don't we? We share it with billions of other people. So, great teachers throughout all history have been trying to tell us how best to live with one another. And this story, many of you will know, 
it's an adapted story of a time when Jesus was traveling the land and teaching the people as he went. He was answering their questions. He spent lots of time with ordinary working folk who did hard jobs, working long hours. And one day, one of them asked him about the need to follow the many religious rules of their time. There were so many rules that people got confused or found them difficult to follow. They didn't know what to do. And Jesus told them to make things even more complicated, that they could be obeying every single rule there was, but that what really, really mattered was how they were inside their own hearts. To obey all the rules outside, but secretly inside to be filled with hatred, that really is not obeying the rules at all. So one young boy called Tyler said that there were just too many rules for him to follow. And he asked Jesus if he could tell him what's the most important thing in just one sentence. And he didn't want that to be a long and complicated sentence either. Could Jesus tell him how to behave in life and make it short enough so that he could stand on one leg to hear it? Get ready, Tyler. It's the standing on one leg moment. Are you all right with this? Are you sure? Okay, I'll tell you when the moment comes. Now, this question, it, this wasn't a new question. It had been put to another great Jewish teacher called Hillel years earlier, and he'd said, never do to anyone else the kind of thing that's hateful to you. Jesus said, I'll give you the same simple rule, and I'll just say it a little differently. Okay, anybody else want to try this? Okay, are we ready? Do those things to others that you would like to have others do to you. We are on one leg, Tyler. We've done it. Thank you very much. A round of applause. Thanks. Do to others as you would have others do to you. And this rule, found in all the world's religions, has become known as the golden rule. It's a simple way to guide our actions and ways of being with one another. So let's join now in a time of prayer and reflection. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together this day. May we each find ways to simplify life's complexities. Simple sources of guidance for our steps along life's path. May we hear the old wisdom with fresh insight. May our gathering be a true spiritual home for the seeker, bringing companionship and inspiration. In the stillness of our room, may all the suffering, the violence, the confusion of our world encounter a power that will console, renew, and uplift the human spirit. May the beauty of the divine fill the hearts of all who gather here in our church building this morning and each day of the week in all the many activities and groups that share this building with our community. And may all who come here weighed down by life's problems be refreshed by a sense of community, by the beauty of our earth, seeing in spring flowers the possibility for renewal. 
And in a brief time of shared stillness now, I invite you to send your thoughts and prayers to people and to places in need of love and care, that all might know they are not alone. And as we enjoy the freedom to follow the guidance of our own minds and hearts, may we commit ourselves this day and all days in support of such freedoms the world over. And may the resources of this, our Essex Church community, help to improve our world for everyone. That liberty might indeed be the birthright of all. Amen. Previous minister of this congregation, when I was just starting out, gave me a tip about this hymn book. He said, whatever you do, Sarah, don't tell them that all the words are in the back of the book, because there are some wonderful readings here, and he didn't want people to know where he got them from. I, I, I'm not like that. I'll share with you. If you have a look at the back of the grey hymn book, you'll find something that utterly inspired me when I first um, started teaching uh, religion to children. Um, it's number 657, and uh, Tristan is going to help lead this. We thought we'd do it as a responsive reading. So if, if Tristan reads the, what do you call it, plain script ones, and then we can respond with the bits in italics. How will that go? And see what you think. Does it matter what we believe? Some beliefs are like walled gardens. They encourage exclusiveness and the feeling of being especially privileged. Other beliefs are expansive and lead the way into wider and deeper sympathies. Some beliefs are like shadows, clouding children's days with fears of unknown calamities. Other, Other beliefs, beliefs are like sunshine, blessing children with warmth of happiness. Some beliefs are, are divisive, separating the saved from the unsaved, friends from enemies. Other beliefs are bonds in a world community, where sincere differences beautify the pattern. Some beliefs are like blinders, shutting off the power to choose one's own direction. Other beliefs are like gateways, opening wide vistas for exploration. Some beliefs weaken a person's selfhood. They blight the growth of resourcefulness. Other beliefs nurture self-confidence and enrich the feeling of personal worth. Some beliefs are rigid, like the body of death, impotent in a changing world. Other beliefs are pliable, like the young sapling, ever growing with the upward thrust of life. I mentioned heart and soul earlier on, and we held um, one of our monthly heart and soul evenings last Thursday 
here at Essex Church. We describe them as alternative spiritual gatherings and it's lovely to gather a small group of people together in a quite deep spiritual way for an hour or so and then we have tea and cake and a chat together. And on Thursday we had visitors from two other Unitarian congregations and two newcomers who'd never been to a Unitarian activity before. And towards the end of the evening I heard one of them ask the person next to them, so what is Unitarianism? I've always wanted to know. And all the conversation stopped and everyone looked at me, clearly thinking that I'd have the answer. Now you, you think I would have got this sorted by now, wouldn't you? what to say in response to this question. But, come on, can I have some sympathy from those of you who vaguely describe yourself as a little bit interested in Unitarianism? Have any of you found yourself struggling to answer this simple query? Where do you go on a Sunday morning? What are you up to? Why? Um, and over there, if you do ever find yourself struggling, I've got some books and you're welcome to take them away with you because the book says it better than I'll ever manage. It's called Unitarian, what's that? And uh, yeah, there are free copies there. And how I answer depends on where I am and who I'm speaking to. It's a bit obvious really, isn't it? But at some point, the word freedom usually comes into my answer because freedom matters greatly to me, as I think it does to some of you. Unitarianism is a free religious faith. We have no fixed creeds, no doctrines that we all must hold to. We're about to invite people, aren't we, Jane, to renew membership for this year, membership of this congregation. There's no test, no shared statement of faith to agree to. We simply ask that you are in accord with our Unitarian ethos of free inquiry and respect for the belief of others. In fact, I'm quietly proud that there are members of my congregation who say, no, I'm not Unitarian, I just like coming here. It's, we have got such a diversity in this little community. And really, in truth, for those of us who live in a modern Western society, such freedom isn't such a big deal, is it? But I'm ever aware of those who came before us, who in our lands lost their livings, their access to education, their liberty, and even their lives in the struggles for freedom that I now take completely for granted most of the time. For we Unitarians were at the heart of the non-conformist tradition, the struggles of those who just could not agree to the 39 articles of faith of the Anglican Church, established to settle the controversies of the English Reformation. Our Essex Church congregation, established in 1774 by Theophilus Lindsay, an Anglican minister who found he could no longer accept these articles of faith. And he bravely started the first Unitarian congregation when it was in England when it was still against the law to express a Unitarian faith, to deny the Trinity of God as three in one. It's hard for us now, I think, to imagine how passionately people felt about all of this. I've been reading recently about a young Scottish medical student called Thomas Aikenhead, who in 1697 was executed in Edinburgh for blasphemy. Reading his words now, he sounds like a rebellious and intelligent young adult, reading the scriptures and finding their flaws and their inconsistencies. He lives on because he was the last person in our country to be executed for blasphemy. 
We don't take people's lives now for expressing atheist views in this country at least, yet that issue of freedom of speech and its limitations is a really current issue that we have to engage with, I think, as religious liberals. So freedom of faith is important for Unitarians, but with freedom comes responsibility. We have to live thoughtfully. Deeds, not creeds, it's sometimes described as. And that very construction of our name, Unitarian, is a helpful reminder to me that we are all one, that the whole of existence, so far as I'm concerned, is connected. I think our current government has stopped using that slogan, hasn't it? We're in this together. So I'm going to reclaim it, because it's at the core of my faith. I really do believe that we are in this together. And that's why I'm going to share with you any profits I make from any offshore accounts that may be held, held in my name or in the name of any of my family members, living or dead. Luckily here at Essex Church, we do believe in sharing what we have. Because of those who came before us, we have the custodianship of this building here in Notting Hill. I wish you could have been here yesterday and seen the steady stream of people coming through our doors. Our liberal Jewish community, Beit Klal Yisrael, who've been meeting here for 30 odd years, established by, amongst others, Rabbi Lionel Blue. Um, the One Spirit Interfaith Foundation, who train interfaith ministers, some of whom are also members of our Unitarian congregations. The Eritrean Cultural Support Group that we've been supporting for over 10 years now. And Seicho No Ye, a group that meet every Saturday evening throughout the year. It means truth of life. They're a non-denominational movement based on the belief that all religions emanate from one universal God. Sharing our building helps pay our bills and fund my offshore accounts, but just as importantly, it makes a clear statement that we, as Unitarians, respect the faith of others, we view life as a path of exploration, and we support one another on life's journey. We live at a time when much that is wrong about religion is painfully obvious. Religion can clearly bring out the best and the worst in us humans. But I don't think that the answer is to imagine a blissful, happy ever after life without religion, which is the simplistic message of some very vocal atheists. Get rid of religion and all will be well? Well, I don't think so. Because of course the problem is not religion, it's us. It's us humans. For we are both the potential troublemakers and the potential peacemakers. We're the ones who have a choice. We're the ones who have a choice and we're the ones who have a voice. And I think it's one of the things that we do well here at Essex Church, creating spaces in which we can all become more articulate about our own faith and allow one another a chance to explore beliefs and how to live well in this, a relatively safe space. Earlier on, we heard of that golden rule as a guide to living, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, believe me, many a student essay has been written, and I have read them, on the issues of such a rule, the problems, actually, of finding any one way to govern the complexities of human existence, and the reality that we don't all want to be treated like other people want to be treated. But behind Jesus' version of the Golden Rule was a greater demand. 
to stay aware of our own inner life as we engage with the world, to be awake to ourselves as we relate with others. In our 21st century global community, our willingness and our capacity to stay awake to the diversity of all that is, is, I believe, life-saving work. And it's a work better tackled together. Amen. And so for all the varied reasons that have brought us here together in community, we can give thanks. For the blessings we each bestow on one another with our energy, with our compassion and our prayer, we can give thanks. For the blessings we become to others in need, we give thanks. Remembering that together we can achieve so much more than alone. Amen. Go well and blessed be.